wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar will eat you. All right, place your bets. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down. Well, I'm Rockbait Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Greg Pappas on the board. SB Futures up 675. NASDAQ Futures up 34. We're trying to erase just about all of the sell off on uh, Tuesday. Because after all, it's by the dip and. I think what guys like Kramer say, it was irrational that anybody should want to sell here or something. Um, those people were idiots, and the, the buyers were the smart ones, and uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, I really hope he's not giving investment advice to like old people and stuff that have all their money in so many stocks. And someday, maybe, maybe, not for sure, someday, maybe it might go the other way, and he will bear no responsibility, I guess. Uh, Lou, how are you, buddy? So, people are buying dip. Buy the dip. Whatever the stock goes what, down, what it's a brand. What brand of dip are you buying? Uh, this is just any... That stuff, I thought that stuff caused oral cancer. Um, Wrong dip? If the market is down, it's a buy. It's buy the dip. Buy the dip. Uh, I, I think that... I, I thought you were talking about chewing tobacco. You mean the other dip? Uh, yeah, we, 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 we had guys in the OEX that used to Well, I was pretty sure it stuff. wasn't onion dip, or you would have you would have made the you would have made the reference. We had guys um, in the OEX used to have that stuff, and then they'd spit into a cup and put it in their pocket. And I'm like, Ugh. oh, it, it it's disgusting. It's hard to it's hard to come up with a more disgusting habit than oh, uh, I know. than that. Yeah. Um, well, I I'll, I'll wish you a uh, I'll wish you a good morning from a very pleasant Denver scene with lots of snow out west, but no snow no snow here for a couple of days. And um, my uh, my house up in the mountains is uh, is completely covered. It's uh, they got about I think they got about ten inches up there. So it's. Uh, oh, can you get up there? Are the roads all cleared and stuff. Um, yeah, normally I normally I can get up there. the The biggest the biggest issue is is getting the drive, making sure the driveway's been plowed before I uh, before I make an attempt. But that's that's the way it goes. So um, do you have an old anyway. Jeep with a plow on it, or do you have some guy come? Uh, I don't know what they've got. They've got some kind of four wheel drive vehicle with a plow on it, but uh, I think it's, I think it's down for the count right now in terms of uh, clearing, clearing driveways. Anyway, it it's it's a you know that's a first world uh, a first world problem. Um, 
And uh, I, I note that your your mayor, in his never-ending quest to deal with Chicago crime, is now canceling the contract with Shot Spotter because yeah. it's reporting too many shots in the wrong neighborhoods. <laughs> uh, probably means that he's not getting a cut. Uh, could could well be, but I you know the same thing happened here in Denver. They they tried to, but I, I don't know if they were successful, but they tried to kill the shot spotter program here in Denver because it kept sending the police to, you know, minority neighborhoods, and they were saying, that's not fair, and well, know. the cops are going, but, but that's where the shots are. You know, it's not making this stuff up. It That's where the shootings are. That's where the shooters are. Uh, Interesting update for you guys on that story. Um, they had requested an extension for the contract the city had requested an extension for the contract uh, to be passed the DNC uh, meeting. And after the city had said, we're not going to renew it, they ShotSpotter, it's reported that ShotSpotter is denying their request for an extension. Saying, I, I wondered, I wondered, I saw that extension, but I didn't understand why they were asking for it if they if they thought the, the program was somehow racially profiling you know, gunmen. Well, they and, wanted and now it. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, they, they wanted, for... wanted it for the DNC, and they requested the six-month extension. Yeah, and i.e., it works. And Shotspotter we just, said we just, no. Yeah. Oh man, that, well, uh, that's well, how did we, perfect. How did how did we how do we get here? I don't I don't. Uh, Chief, uh, this is the same mentality that says you know that this is this is quite frankly this is equity in action of the diversity equity and inclusion um crowd this is the equity in action we want the same results for everybody so if you have minority schools that are failing academically you simply remove the testing requirements so that you don't know what their test but that doesn't help any of those kids it doesn't it doesn't matter it's the message that's important it's it's making people feel good about themselves. It's it's eliminating that that you know whatever white privilege, race, systemic racism, whatever. We're going to get rid of that and 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 all of its measures. It's it's why the service academies you know and, and a number of Ivies are looking seriously or already have eliminated their standardized testing because it it tells you who it's the best well it is the best predictor of success but it tells you who's going to be a success and it, and it's important that we not know that because those results are skewed by race or they're they're disproportionate by race so what we have to do is we have to rig the outcomes and that's exactly what it is we are rigging the outcomes so that everybody comes out equal well Lou, how do you how do you get if we're from arresting, if we're arresting too many black shooters in downtown Chicago because of ShotSpotter, then the answer is not to get the black shooters off the streets so we're not arresting so many of them. The answer is to eliminate the thing that allows us to identify the shooters. But how, do you, how do you get from uh, two ends of the, of the spectrum here? And I'm gonna, I don't even know the man. He could be a total sleazebag, but I'm going to say something nice about the, the George Soros's of the world. Just and on the top level, but I'm going to Wait say, a minute. are we talking about the congressman no, George no, Soros no, 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 or the, the ex-congressman? No, who's the guy who gives everybody money? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, the 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 Hungarian investor. Yeah, 
Okay, got it. So how, how do you get from <clears throat> you and I, whenever you see somebody <laughs> with a gun or blast somebody, you want the dude in jail, no questions asked. You want him off the street because you sure as hell don't want that happening to you or anybody you care about or anybody in any neighborhood for that matter because there's innocent people everywhere. How do you get from that with some families degraded, whatever it is, we want them off the streets. Anybody normal would say, I don't want that guy around shooting anybody else, right? I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and, and yes. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, but here now the other end of it is the U.S. clearly has a problem of some kind in the sense that we have more, more people incarcerated than anybody else in the world, and yet our crime rates are higher than anybody else in the world. Except for maybe Venezuela or someplace. Well, so, it's, yeah, per so capita, I, we're not, we're not. But it's it's it's, it's horrible. Too high it's horrible for a Western. Yeah. So country. so somehow or another, the idea of of locking people up with other no good nicks, with no training, no high school equivalency, no idea that when they come out things will be better this time and have them go right back in again. Somehow that's not working either. Um, and I, oh, I, no, I, I would I would disagree. I would say that a significant factor in the uh, de- crime decline that occurred after the crime wave of the 1980s was the fact that we major municipalities engaged in so-called broken windows policing where they locked people up and took them off the streets. I was, in county jail, uh, one of my attorney friends, just uh, he's an attorney, a uh, friend, as I just said, just uh, represented somebody in a murder case. Man was found not guilty. <clears throat> of course, I said, by the way, was he really innocent? Which I'm not supposed to ask. And he goes, yeah, he was. Six years, Lou, in jail. Before the trial. That's not right. Okay. But uh, that has nothing to do with... What I'm saying is... That has nothing to do with locking people up. Who no, but the former the sheriff, before uh, Elrod, maybe it was Elrod. He was no, Elrod. I, I'm, I know who you're talking about. I, I heard... No, no, not Sheehan. Long, long ago. And his, his point was, when people come into county jail, the average, how did he say, the average reading thing was sixth grade, and they have no skill for any kind of work. He says, when they leave, the average reading thing is sixth grade with no skill for any kind of work, and we wonder why they're back. Well, he also, he all, if you're talking about Tom Dart, he no, also No, 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 said, way, way, way before him. Three okay. guys before him. Well, well Tom, Tom Dart said something else that I thought was fairly perceptive. And that was something like 60 or 70 percent of the people that he was dealing with in that county lockup had significant, measurable mental illness. And, and that was the totally gen- untreated. Yeah. Whoever the genius was that closed the Tindley Mental Health Hospital, where they had a lot of people, I'm going to say half of those people ended up in county jail. Which well, is that was, you know, that that was the result of another misguided but well-meaning campaign to get people out of residential or involuntary commitment facilities and and put them out on the street and and that's that's a well described phenomena that you can read up on if you want to just google it but you know the, the the short answer the short answer is this we have we have developed some kind of in our in our body politic and it's it's especially it's it's mainly on the progressive side a a picture of the world or of the United States as a an unfair culture that is designed to produce certain results by race and and these people don't have the, the people who believe in this don't have the whatever intellectual fortitude I guess to simply admit that we are that 
whatever problems we have that are set that that appear to be focused on on race where we have a disproportionate number of of people in jail of a certain race or a certain color and a disproportionate number of people who are succeeding that they're not admitting that the, the causes are something other than some kind of intentional race discrimination they they don't want to and and their response to this is to simply say however we're measuring success in this culture we have to get rid of it the the, the whole issue with dei and and you know as an employment lawyer i i did when my clients are dealing with this right now because a bunch of them adopted these principles but it is an anti-meritocratic program that that simply says we're going to eliminate the measures of conduct the measures of performance whatever those measures uh they may well be accurate, but we're going to eliminate them because they're affecting the rule. Well, what is the status? And I'm jumping on this one. I, I read about this maybe two, three years ago, and then it kind of got, I don't know if it got blown up by COVID or what it did, but there was a bill passed, I think, and signed in Illinois that said any company over the over 50 people, 25 people, something like that, had to send like all their payroll records to Springfield to be reviewed is to see whether women and minorities were making enough money or something. Did that ever go through? Did that ever start with the COVID or not? I don't. I don't know about. Um, I don't know about the Illinois bill. I know that all uh, companies over a hundred, more than a hundred employees, have to spill out what's called an EEO one form that goes to the federal government with a breakout of the number of minorities and uh, women that are in various positions and the. Uh, the, the pay scale there. All government contractors have to provide, and, and if you've got a federal contract, you have to provide exactly this kind of evidence. It's called an affirmative action plan. You have to provide exactly this kind of information to uh, to the government. Um, you know, there's some there's some argument that this is a Fourth Amendment violation, that that the government is effectively searching and seizing your your business information without a warrant. But, but those programs are, are the EEO-1 program has been in place for decades. The affirmative action program with the compensation information and turning all that in for the feds has been in effect since the early 70s, I think. So, you know, this is, this is, nothing, this is nothing new. This is just another measure of the incredible intrusiveness well, that, I, I think it's that a, affirmative it's, action it's, requires. It's kind of, it's, I don't know, I... I you're, you're right about that. I, I'm, I, the, the whole mindset is, I won't say it's, I don't know if it's un-American, it's not the media to find America, but the whole idea that when you look at, uh, when the mayor will come out and he'll say, well, this guy doesn't come out that much and say too much, but he, he, the idea is we, we need more in, investment in these communities. It's always it's always somebody else's money. I, mean, I don't understand, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't understand I mean, why, I mean, the, the, the stores that are there, uh, in a lot of these areas, are mostly owned by Indians. So, I mean, not, uh, you know, the little the little stores that somehow manage to be brave enough to be open. Uh, and somebody not not areas like that, obviously. But I mean, the idea that 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 people there would would save up some money and open a store themselves, like and, and go to a bank and get get a loan and do this. The it, that whole mechanism. I don't think the mayor even knows what that is. It's all about getting money from somebody else for people that you think yeah. are deserving. That that's not the idea is to do it yourself. That's what makes people feel good and grow. Well, yeah, 
and and this is this is I think a fundamental difference between um, what I would consider to be sort of classic liberals who, who are now conservatives. And which would I that be me? To, would, would that be well, me? Well, I consider I consider you to be a classical liberal. Yeah, you and Kevin and a bunch of the other folks. Although you probably tend a little more toward libertarianism. But but anyway, uh, most of us look at this and say this is an economic issue. This is not a, a political issue. You you need to you need to establish the fundamental um, ground or, or or base for this kind of economic activity within these communities. And for starters, let's get let's make it so that doing drugs, jacking cars, uh, robbing people, mass raids on stores on the Magnificent Mile, let's make it so that that's no longer profitable. Let's take those people off the streets, put them in jail, and let and let the neighborhoods now begin to begin to flourish. I mean, I mean, it, it's always been apparent to me from living in Chicago and and also seeing it start to the things start to develop in Denver that you know the fundamental the fundamental purpose of of any state is to secure the safety of its citizens. But and I don't minimum. understand. I don't understand how that. Is not working. Well, I, I don't. Uh, we had because a... because they don't because uh, Tom, you you and I've had this discussion. You remember um, when Rahm Emanuel was mayor and and wanted to push Springfield, you know, in Illinois, to put a five year kicker on on any crime committed with the individual in possession of an illegal weapon. You know, or illegally in possession of a weapon. By the way, Illinois has some of the harshest gun laws in, in the country. Gun laws, yes, but they don't have they don't have harsh incarceration car, harsh yeah, oh, yeah, laws. Do. Oh yeah, they do. Well, except well, that's, that's why you see five nineteen year olds walking along with one fourteen year old holding the guns. Okay. Well, well, in any event, you remember Emanuel tried to yeah. push that, and and the the um, alderman, the black city alderman, came to him and said, "If you do that, we're withdrawing our support for you." Because it's just going to mean more young black men in jail, and and the mayor's people. This this discussion apparently was published. The mayor's people said, "But those are the guys doing the shooting. Those are those are the shooters. We got to get them off the streets, because because we can't. You can't develop economic activity in a in a or any kind of meaningful economic opportunities for people." In an environment where the minute somebody gets some money or gets some property, they get it stolen. Well, it gets gets more basic than that. I think. By the way, what you just said, I think, is very coherent. But it gets more basic than that. I went to a twenty uh, fifth year wedding anniversary in in the hood. Friend of Audrey, she's done some real estate work for him. Terrific family. The guy's a preacher. Uh, owns a place two blocks from my grandmother used to live. Believe it or not. So we go down there. We go to the thing. Of course, we're the only two white people the place, which is fine with me, I don't care. Uh, except we forgot our little fans. It was hotter than hinges of hell. And they got like three air conditioners, window air conditioners the size of like a one for your bedroom in this huge yeah. place. But all the ladies had their fans, so they were all geared up for it. I'm just sitting there sweating like an idiot. I've almost said, hey, by the way, you got an extra fan, but I didn't. Uh, anyway, so we took a little drive around the hood, um, where my grandmother used to live, and uh, there's her house, blah, blah, blah. And on every block, there's probably 10 to 12 vacant lots, maybe more. There's a few that are kind of shuttered up. There's also probably 7 or 8 to 10 
houses where people are actually trying to live. You know, where they got a fence yeah. around. Yeah, it. I've, I've driven. I've driven yeah. through those neighborhoods on the south side. And and but and, and my my concern is these people have no rights whatsoever. Why aren't yeah. we more concerned with them than we are with the guy who's doing the, uh, causing the trouble? I, Tom. So I don't know, is that things, conservative or liberal? What is that? Am I? Does no, that mean no, no. I mean that's that's a that's I would consider that to be a a classical liberal position, uh, which which says that the government does a terrible job of allocating resources. Let's try to get an economic, you know, a, a basic capitalist economic structure in place, so that so that people have the opportunity to to move up. I got a and, quick economic and, story about you on this before we go to break. Okay. Um, well, well I, in any give, give, me, give me a second on this because I'll. I'll it, okay. It goes so, to so let me let me go let me right. go one more let right. me go one more thing. Have you ever been into a school on the south side? A not basic to, like a middle school or an elementary not, school. Well, I used to be in them all the time when I was a janitor, but it was four well, years ago. Well, I I went into one before I left Chicago. I had a client down in that that area, and I I went I drove p- past a couple of those schools and went actually was able to go into one of them because one of our one of our clients was had a meeting there that I had to attend it, it, it's a disaster the building is terrible the the equipment is awful the the stuff has been vandalized and destroyed and and you're trying to learn you know you're trying to learn in an environment like that so so you've got a double-barreled hit in Chicago and in a number of other major major cities where you've got strong a strong public teachers union and, and Chicago, I think, is run by the teachers union. Oh, well, sure, sure it is. You've got a mayor who's there. They, they, were, they, were, they were at the election they, posts. They are, not, they are not teaching. The ones that can teach don't, don't have the opportunity. Their focus is on warehousing these kids. And, and so it's a double whammy. You can't get the economic activity established because the crime rate is so high. And you can't get the um, educational opportunities established because because you're funding the wrong stuff. You're not funding competent well, it's, teachers, it's not and, you're just, not, and you're not working to set up a school system that actually operates. I don't I don't know Lou, and I'm, no, I'm not, I've talked to some people, and I'll, you know, as you know, I talk to everybody. Uh, some of the teachers tell me that first of all, they're 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 poning up money for supplies. Okay, wow. yeah, but the, yeah, why is why is that? But, but the, why is Chicago why is Chicago I, killing its elite high schools? You're you're, uh, well, because what's I think the idea is, is the other ones have become horrible because if you can't get any elite ones, nobody, whatever. But I guess what I'm saying, the one lady says to me, you know, I've got a class and uh, all these kids come from a family that's messed up. She goes, by the way, half of them have been, she goes, all these kids, I mean, I don't even know what this even means. Lou. I mean, we always had a couple kids in class. I wasn't really one of them. In a class of 40 to 45 with one nun. Uh, they kind of had ants in their pants. <laughs> you know, it was hard for them to sit for three or two or three hours. It was hard for me, too, but it was a little harder for them. I don't know of anybody who was on drugs that, that I know of. I don't think the drugs even existed. And uh, she says to me, I've got about six kids. If they don't take their medication, they're like bouncing off the ceiling. If they do, they're asleep on their desk. Yeah. I mean, I, that didn't happen when I was... No, but that's 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 a separate... But I'm saying every, it's it's... It, it's kind of. I used to even when I was a janitor in a school, I see these uh, minority kids come in. But just back then, I mean, most of these neighborhoods people had families. God bless Lou. They were the kids that run up. They'd say hello. They were they were the nicest kids I've ever seen. 
And all of a sudden, you see him as eighth graders, you say, what do we do to him? <laughs> what happened to that to that nice kid in second grade? Now all of a sudden he's running around, you know, looking like Ernie. Well, I mean, I mean, there's there's a variety of explanations on that. I mean, some people say the culture gets old. Well, uh, yeah, kind of. But our, one of our, our mutual friends um, happened to land one of the uh, marijuana distributorships, which he, you know, they've since sold a long time ago. Uh, so it was a huge deal to get one of these things. It was like fifty grand up front and. If you didn't get it, you didn't get your fifty grand back, and blah blah blah. And, and they gave out the first, I'm going to say eight to ten of these things. Maybe it was fifteen statewide, something like that. So then they were to go out for round two, and all of a sudden the governor says, "Gee, this is an outrage. Uh, we don't have any minority people in this." Yeah. You know. So our mutual friend, uh, since he was an attorney and put the first one through and had some skill set on this, gets like three or four groups of people: a couple women and a couple minorities. And uh, goes through all the work, has all the meetings, and finally says, "Okay, where's the f- now, now?" It's like seventy-five grand for the application. And he's like, "Okay, where's the seventy-five grand?" Well, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> that's that's the application fee. I mean, no matter who you are, no, we're not we're not coming up with that. <laughs> but this, we, we just want one. Well, that's cool. <laughs> uh, Tom, this is the same mentality yeah. of the, the the Chicago aldermen who were screaming about the fact that whatever what was it Aldi's or whatever it was yeah. pulled their last grocery store out of the out of the hood well the best and they was were saying or were they, or Walmart and they were saying yeah. it's so unfair that Walmart wants to make money yeah they should open the store up and let people shoplift from it I mean the store closed for shoplifting well, one of the stores at 63rd and Halsted which is by the way where I essentially grew up because my grandmother lived there my dad died I spent half my time my grandmother uh that was that was the second most vibrant area in the city in terms of uh Shopping than downtown. They had Weebolts, they had a uh, Morris B. Sachs, they had a Sears, they had all kinds of stores there. And uh, five movie theaters within like a thousand yards. We just like downtown. And uh, at the L stop and uh, places where you get off the L, get stuff for dinner, and walk home. And it was, it was like a combination of New York and, and Chicago. And uh, now it's down to like nothing. You just drive by and you can't, I don't even know. So, yeah, you can't. You so can't there, walk there, down there, the was, there was a store there and, it, and they pulled out. So some other guys. Uh, decide they're they're uh, moving in. Okay, now they're now either you go in and you like the place and you buy something, or you don't. I mean, that's I mean, if you and I want to open up a buggy manufacturer uh, store, we can do it. We're not gonna do so hot, but by the way, it's our right to do that, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess in my America, the demonstrations in front of the store, they weren't carrying the right products. They didn't run. But their opening of the store, that company through the community organizers to get approval. What the bleep are they talking about? What are they talking well, about? Well, I mean, I mean, this is this is just the, don't don't shop the there if you don't like it. This 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 is the issue. I mean, I mean, you you have empowered these, uh, and it's mostly, as I said, large scale, urban Democrat run cities because this is where this kind of thing flourishes. I mean, you had a president of the United States that came up through that system. He was a community organizer. This is what they do. I don't. They, see, they, I, they, the come, whole, in, they we, come in and they mobilize. This is where they you, mobilize people who don't have jobs to go out and stand in front of stores and say, "You're not giving us the right product." Okay, fine. Don't shop here. You right. know, let let the market economy let the market economy go. But but the the city won't. Remember the uh, this stuff. This stuff gets promoted and and. Remember the old joke about the guy, looks up at the guy the guy's name, whatever the name is. You can pick an ethnic name if you want or not. Looks up at the cloud and says, "You guy, you got to do me one favor." 
And the guy says, well, you got to meet me halfway. And I need to win the lottery. And he says, you got to meet me halfway. you got to buy a ticket. Yeah. Sort, sort, yeah. Of the same, sort of the same thing. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's exactly this. But, but again, th- this is an element of, I think this is several levels up from what we were talking about in terms of securing basic services like protection and education. I don't see. I don't see how that person who lives on that block doesn't have the inalienable right. How's that for a constitutional? For his daughter to walk down the block and 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 and, and buy and buy something at the local store and walk home without being hassled. I don't see how. Well, your it, your your leadership doesn't believe that. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that. S and P futures. Uh, we're we're up seven. Nasdaq futures up thirty three. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Stocks and jocks. Halftime. How? Greg Pappas on the board. SP futures up eight, and NASDAQ futures up thirty-three. We are. Uh, this is the absolute. I'm going to say the. S&P, uh, we're back up over 5,000, 5,026. We were down 99 on uh, Tuesday, closed down 70, so we picked up 29. Picked up another 30-something yesterday. I'm thinking we're, we got to be almost back to where we were before the whole mess started. So we're buying the dip. We showed those people don't ever sell again. Uh, so that's where we are. Uh, individual stocks in the Dow, not much. We've got Meta up. Well, Meta's not in the Dow. I'm in the wrong column. We've got Cisco down 215. They hit earnings. Uh, they never always seem to miss on their earnings. Amgen's up a dollar 48. Uh, um, nothing much else going on there. Oh, Dow Futures up 51. Over in Asia, I think these guys are all back open. Uh, yes, they. Uh, no, they aren't. Shanghai still is not. Uh, Nikkei is up 454, 1.2%. 38,000 for the first time since 1990. Uh, GDP contraction allays pol- In other words, bad news is good news, or GDP contracted, so that means more money. This whole interplay between nominal value because people pour money in and back, we're going to regret this someday. Just hope it's not, let's hope it's way the hell out there. Hang Seng up 65.4%, and Shanghai is still closed. By the way, Greg, you're not, you're the, you were lure. You guys, you're the dragon. That's the best year, you know. Not positive. Oh, God. I have to check on that one. You want to check on that one. Luke, 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 we'll have to see what he is. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but he knows, too. DAX up on 11.7%. FTSE up 4. Call that flat. Kakaron up 69.9%. Um, GDP, UK, GDP figures show economy fell into a technical recession. 
What the bleep is a technical recession? That means they're in a recession, for God's sake. Just saying. Yesterday, uh, Dow up 151, S&P up 47, NASDAQ up 203. So yesterday was a big, big bounce back, big bounce back day. Uh, Bonds down four basis points, 4.22. The Bund down three basis points, 2.31. And this is my concern here, why I'm not, I'm not just you know, bitching at the market here. The, the, the 10-year rate goes from like 3.9 to 4.3, and we, and we have a huge sell-off. Comes back to 4.2, and we gain it all back. We're still way above the 3.9. That's that's my concern. I mean, these interest rates are, are creeping. Uh, Japan down three basis points, 0.72. We've got oil. I had kind of a breakout yesterday, coming back a little bit today. Down 59 cents, 76.05. I think they were over 78 yesterday morning. Rent down 56 cents, 81.04. Natural gas up two cents. Boy, this thing, 163. Ouch. El Nino winner. Arbob down three, three cents, 227. We have... Uh, U.S. dollar against the euro, we were, we're still 107.4, not much movement there. Against the uh, British pound, same thing, unchanged 1.255, but the dollar has been stronger lately, uh, which has been reflected in the price of gold, it's, although it's up a little today, up 470, 2009. Silver up 27 cents, 22.66. Never got down below the 21 number that I was kind of looking for to buy, so I didn't really do anything. But it has come back here some. And we have Bitcoin, which is about a tear. Got another tear today up 598, 52,391. Yeah. What do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, bulls, lose, close Good down. morning, everyone. 640 here in Chicago. 44 right now, breezy morning showers. Phoenix, 47 now, 73 today, mostly sunny and pleasant. Traffic, Montrose Inn is 12 minutes. Lake Cook Inn is 26 minutes. Eisenhower Wolf from... Uh, from Wolf to the interchange is 23 minutes. The Ryan, 20, 95th to the interchange, 22 minutes. And Stevenson is 24 minutes from 294 to the Ryan. Bulls, like you said, lose at Cavs. That was 105-108. Suns went at home against the Pistons. Uh, DePaul got beaten a nail-biter here at Wintrust against number one UConn. That was 101-65. Maybe they should fire the coach again. <laughs> well, this is the interim, so they're probably looking for a new one as we speak. Um, NHL, Coyotes lose at home to the Wild. And in NFL news, the 49ers fired their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, after one season. Um, they will begin the search for their third defensive coordinator in as many seasons. And Shanahan says he'll consider both internal and external options. Um, 22 shot and one dead at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade, as I'm sure everybody's heard. Yeah, I'm uh, about that with uh, at least 11 of those injured were between 6 and 15. Three people are in custody, and uh, eight have, or no, eight of the 22 have life-threatening injuries. And that's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Lou, what is the scuttlebutt on that thing? The KC shooting? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting that we don't have any information out about the shooters or the people they've detained. Um and, and my understanding is they don't have a lot of information about, well, let me strike that. I, I suspect, I mean, they have they have some guy who was seen shooting, who was tackled and knocked down. He had a weapon. So they got, they got somebody, but they're not putting any information out about anybody, which, which tells me that this was not, this was more likely, I mean, Kansas City's got a very high murder rate. Uh, and a very high shooting rate, homicide rate. It it falls into the category of one of those cities that we were talking about earlier. Um, I, I suspect 
that I mean if this had been if this had been some sort of stereotypical uh, you know narrative shooter that, that meets the you know the, the focus of gun control then then you would have seen a lot of information coming out about the shooters um, that that's not happening so that that tells me that you know it tells me that the, the people they've arrested are, are likely outside the narrative that they that they want to promote in other words this is a criminal you know basic gangbang or something like that activity um, but I'm not even sure they know you know they've matched up guns with shells and 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 people they got well, if, you're, people. if you're plucking the shells out of people in hospitals after we speak it's kind of hard to do that yet well no but they've got casings they've got gun casings yeah. on the ground you know uh, bullet casings on the ground they can pick those up that'll that'll match up caliber i'm going to say uh, that we have and all that we have a, a room full of those things small the chicago expressways where there's never ever a cop at the minute there's a shooting there's 35 squad cars out there nothing better to do sweeping the street for casings you know i know that's I harsh but uh it's the truth no I, I i i i and you know you ought to ask yourself i mean i'm sure people in kansas city are asking themselves what the heck because in 2020 they had a parade and and some idiot in a car ran through the barricade crashed through the barricade and and you know had to be run off the road by like five police cars just before he ran his car into the crowd at uh you know on the on the main parade area so so this is you know this is not an un, apparently not an unusual activity of, of some kind of craziness going on at one of these at one of these parades but but i mean i i think we're at the stage now given in, in these large especially in the large urban areas where it's virtually impossible to have any kind of significant gathering of people without somebody getting getting shot at and and i don't i mean there's lots of there's lots of reasons for that but and and, and bases for that but we, we just don't have a lot of information right now and they're deliberately suppressing it and so that tells me that the the participants or what they think happened was likely not something that the you know the political people wanted publicized or put out there um it, well, but you can you can you can't hide this forever you can't hide well, a dead, I mean, you can't get, hide a dead get, body for god's sake it, it it's but it but it will get suppressed i mean we had we had a terrible shooting here in the in the denver area about four or five years ago at a king supers supermarket where a kid goes in with an AR-15 and kills. I think he kills nine. He kills the first police officer who responds, and and you know that story has disappeared from here. But the short answer, but what nobody, what was publicized or hardly at all publicized at all, was that that supermarket was known as the Jewish King Supers because it it specifically carried a huge number or a huge amount of kosher foods, and and foods that met Jewish dietary restrictions. It was also suppressed that this kid came from a radicalized Islamic family where he had, had been exposed to some stuff and that he was, you know, he went to the supermarket to kill Jews. But that that was a narrative that, that the political power structure well, how do you, in Colorado how do you separate? I mean I know your suppressed. your political leanings are slightly different than mine, but how do you how do you differentiate uh Actually, I loved the commercial the other day because I had my favorite girl on there, Tina Fey. I, I love the movie she was in, Foxtrot something, something, something. 
uh, Raleigh talked about, and I thought the moral of the, of the movie was, the message was spot on, where things have to get more and more bizarre to, to catch people's attention. But this is no, this that that's one angle. But but this is not. Well, I'm not. That I'm not angle. saying that's, this that's angle. This angle is that that the pre, uh, press the press organs of the of the political power leadership have specific narratives that they want to promote and specific I, narratives I that I'm they not, want suppressed. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, just just like I asked earlier, what what's the the difference between throwing everybody in jail and then realizing we got an awful lot of people in jail and we still got the same crime rate, should we think further? It's it's, it's a question. It's not a criticism. No, and, uh, I mean, I mean and, but yeah, same thing I here think, in Chicago. We had in the last year and a half offices of PTI where Stacks and Jackson emits from. Uh, now it's the place across the street's been closed. There hasn't been a problem lately, but we went a seven-month period. With, was it 14 people, Greg, shot in front of the place, or 11 with three or four or five killed? That's a lot on your block. Yep. Uh, now, that story is here. It hits at 9 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock. or actually, like at 7 because it was the night before. The next night, Lou, there's another one. It's like it's like water under the dam or over well, the me, dam. I mean, but, it, oh, it, it, oh, you, no. can't, you can't – nobody but, can but focus on but, this but stuff. If, but if one of those shooters – had been a white male who who you know was wearing a maga hat and mm. and shot a bunch of people it would have been front page news and it would have stayed out there for for days oh yeah you know that oh yeah i mean i mean the jesse smollett thing ran forever when it was immediately apparent to anybody who, who just looked at it saying wait a minute this is this is pretty suspicious let me give you another example what what if I was to mention the word or the term five eyes to you? What story am I talking about? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday, two investigative reporters who who broke a lot of the a lot of the Twitter suppression stuff that was going on in in the federal government during during COVID. A guy named Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi. These people are not crazies. Matt Taibbi has been on the show a few times. Yeah, they're not crazies. They're well respected. By the way, he was a great interview. They, he's a great he's a great yeah, interview. Yeah. He he was they broke a story yesterday detailing uh, a, a, a uh, an effort by US intelligence agencies to target uh, Donald Trump act, uh, supporters or Donald Trump advisors and, and close confidants. 26 Donald Donald Trump uh, officials, officers, confidants, you know, campaign staff, by the so-called Five Eyes Intelligence Services. In other words, the CIA went to our our, our allies. Five yeah, the CIA is not supposed to be. Ins- it does. It uh. doesn't. Yeah. This is. This is. Yeah. No kidding. They they went to the they went to the uh, Five Eyes entities, UK, Australia, Canada, whoever else is involved in it, and said, "We need you to target these twenty six people." Do an investigation on them, all right, and let's see what we let's see what we can develop. Those come those countries run their investigations. That information is then leaked to the FBI, which says, "Oh, these individuals, these twenty six individuals, are targets of foreign intelligence, our our allies, foreign intelligence services. There must be something there. We're opening our own investigation." And again. The, the, the end result of that, of course, was the phony Russia dossier thing that, that got concocted by by the FBI. All of this was run under the aegis 
of Obama and Biden while they were while they were still in office aimed at Donald Trump. This story breaks yesterday. The fact that you haven't heard about it should tell you. I, I mean, and again, the these are allegations right now. It, it gets it gets even better. All of this information is supposedly supposedly contained. I mean, these guys got some very specific information. All of this information, the whole plan was reduced to paper. They didn't have any electronic communications. They kept it all on paper. It was in a 10-inch binder that, <coughs> excuse me, was part of the stuff that, that Trump ordered declassified just before he left office. The binder has disappeared. So, so this ostensibly provides some justification for the raid at Mar-a-Lago. And, and some other places, but obviously highly embarrassing to to the current president, Mr. Obama, and a bunch of other people, as well as potentially it detailing illegal activity. None of this hits the mainstream press. Well, I think you, the, the uh, fact you didn't hear about it, the fact you haven't heard about it, I think is well. I, I don't. I don't trust the the press that's totally on the right that digs this stuff up out of nowhere. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to believe you. But these guys, but, but Taibbi and Schellenberg are not right-wing guys. I, I, I'm not, I would not disbelieve any piece of dirty tricks that any of these people at the top level that are running for the, these elections, because I don't... Would we'll try because Lou, I no, I don't think. Well, I won't say nobody. No, other so, so, so let me say the, me the just, amount of money that is involved in one of these elections is enough me, to turn anybody into the dirtiest trick people on earth. The weaponization of the U.S. intelligence community against Donald Trump, both before and after he was elected, is one of the I, most frightening aspects. I've of never the heard. Story about, that I've heard I, in a long time. The only thing I'm going to say, Lou, is I've never heard anybody who has been a president potentially could be a president tell the intelligence community that he, he trusts Putin more than them. And how, how do they not react to that? Uh, I, I, listen, I, I myself said before the 2016 election when I was sitting there munching breakfast at the Stocks and Jocks World Headquarters Breakfast Buffet that I was very troubled by Donald Trump's alignment and, and involvement with Russian political and Not just and political, money. Figures. Money. Well, that's what he, I mean. I he owes him dough. Figures. He owes him dough. And and so and so I was very I was very disturbed by that. Apparently, there was virtually nothing to it because they had to concoct stories just against means, him. I think it just means they don't know how to investigate. Uh, well, trust trust me. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know that. But, but my, my point. Let's go back to my point. Okay, my I'm point saying was, the building story. This story was is being suppressed, and and you again, you should ask yourself, why am I not reading about this? If it was Donald Trump that had been on the other side I, of this, I, this would have been front page. I, I think that the, the, the left is just as crooked as the right. Well, maybe more so. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. What I'm saying is I would have... The, different, Tom, the difference is that the left is in control, for the most part, of almost all of our major media Well, I'll tell you what. And, I, I know somebody who's constantly listening to stuff on the right. Well, I can't even listen to it. It's uh, I, I, I don't... I don't know what you're talking about, but I will uh, what, just tell what's you the other the one? New York, not, what's the one that are totally the right of Fox News now? Uh, I, I don't know, but they're not. They don't have the reach of the Washington Post, the New York Times, the yeah. LA Tribune, the Chicago Trib. They don't. They don't have the reach of the Atlanta Constitution. They don't have the reach of those, well, those I, outfits. I don't. But we started this off by saying how these people decide what's what's news and what isn't. Well, I, I I I got news. I don't know. I mean, I, I've been the only. Part I've been involved with, but, but it should. It you, you you talk about these stories and and you know why why there isn't more public 
pushback on this and more awareness I, on this, and that's because well, that's what I'm, I'm trying much to find, of this stuff no, gets but, suppressed. But you, my question is, I don't know if it's they all they care about is putting out stuff that people want to hear. I uh, no, that's oh, not true. Okay, but see, this is this goes back this goes back to your mercantilist outlook, which is there's got to be an economic reason for everything, and the short answer is no, there doesn't have to be. Uh, when I, I was on simple story why I think I'm right on this uh, I used to go on CNBC once in a while and uh, I'd trundle my butt down the black, have to get dressed up <laughs> they throw some makeup on me and I'm in his room I couldn't even tell where the camera was from, come from so I'm shifting around and I look like tricky dick Nixon with sh- shifty eyes and I never I never got anything out of it well, I, and I, I uh, so one of the producers is at one of Dr. J's parties one time and I'm there and I'm talking to the guy and he goes how come you don't want to come on CNBC anymore I said well you know doesn't really do me any good, and and you know I don't necessarily want to talk about Walmart or anything. Plus, the last time I was on, it was right that was the day Warren Buffett bought the Burlington Northern or the Burlington Industries, and the guy says, uh, "Well, I, why did Joe Kiernan says to me, Tom, do you have any view on that?" And I go, "Yeah, Joe, I actually know, know quite a bit about railroads. We're talking about a monopoly into an area where they all of a sudden they just discovered oil." Well. Warren, he loves monopolies, and this is one. They couldn't wait to get, give me. It was like I was on a Gong show. They got me out of there. Uh, so, and so I said to the guy, you know, I, I'm just not into four or five people. You never let them really com- complete a thought, uh, and they talk about something. Then you bring four or five more people on. I said there were 21 people on the morning the last time I was there. 20 was enough. You didn't need me. And, and the guy looks at me and says, we saved the whole network by doing that. Well, we never let anybody finish a thought and we just go to the next guy. That's what keeps people listening to the same subject all day long. I mean, I, Why I do they listen to us? I, well, I, we actually complete the subject a little bit, which is different. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess what I'm, my question to you is, I, I know you're right when you say that the murders or the shootings in front of my place, which is black people on black people, lasted about an hour in the press. And if it would have been you know, some white guy taking off, shooting at people in cars from the corner, uh, that all of a sudden it would not have. I, I don't know, Lou, that if it's if it's the press looking at the, their, their constituency and saying, how long are we going to talk about three black guys shooting three other black guys when four hours from now there's going to be another story just like that? How long can we stay on this? There's only a few, necessarily. Uh, you know, white people standing in the corner with a... With a, with a uh, Sniper's rifle taking out ten people. It's a much rarer story. It's one that can that has way more teeth than the other. I don't know that it's necessarily a selection but on their part. Whether it's a selection of of what's happening. Let, let me let me just say this. If if this and we're seeing kind of muted a muted response to this KC thing because the the information is not right. It's being it's just slow. Released. But I don't even know how close the parade it was. If I mean, as, I mean, as much. As much as our political elites push for gun control, all right, you would think that every one of these shootings in downtown Chicago, every every mass shooting in Chicago, and Chicago has a lot of them, would be would be front page news because this would support some kind of call for gun control. But that's not what happens. The only time you see the push for gun control is when you've got I mean a big push for gun control is when you've got typically a, a you know, some horrific, you know, shooter who's not doing, you know, the gang stuff, but who goes in and shoots up a specific place. Then you get the narrative pushing for it. 
you don't get the narrative pushing forward with the vast majority of shootings, which account for much, almost all of the of the deaths, which is the day to day rumble of stuff that like you know things that occurred outside your office. You know what the bigger uh, one of the biggest uses of, of guns are for for deaths? Suicides. Yeah. Old, old white guys in rural more, communities more than, shoot themselves. Than, well, there are more suicides than homicides. I know yeah. that. It's mostly old white guys in rural communities shooting themselves their gun. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it's not going to see that. I mean, and that I mean that that number is used dishonestly too. But I, I, anyway, my point my point is, this is this is an example. The fact that this information is not being distributed widely right now tells me that that the shooters and the people that they suspect of the shooters are not part of the. Well, it makes you wonder. Elite narrative it makes you with wonder respect what, to either guns what, or or racism. Well, you you better find a way. Well, I found off we got a break here, but you better find a way to keep suspicious people away from these parades. I mean, this is crazy. Otherwise, the whole the whole society is going to shut down. You got a million people out there. You you can't. You well, can't the, check the police everybody. police chief said he's ready. Was he? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Lou, take care right. of yourself. Are you gonna do any skiing with all the snow? Uh, I may try to get up there in about a, maybe a couple of weeks. I want to stay away from the slopes when spring break breaks out. Uh, okay, well, enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you. Uh, you're on next week, this week after you're not, right? Um, yes, I believe that's right. Okay, but uh, you're right. trading a week after. We'll probably do Monday or Wednesday. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. All right, well, SP Futures is up 7, NASA Futures up 25. Be right back, Mr. Danginitas. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome. Hello, Wolfpack Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom with Greg Pappas on the board. SB is up 7, NASDAQ is up 20, NASDAQ's come back here a little bit. But still, we are we are up. Do we have the Professor Dan Janitas? I don't hear him. Dan, are you there? Uh, you're going to have to be Dan Janitas, Greg. I can try. 
I'm not so sure you'd want my bond advice, though. No. Um, is he about? He's about. I'm right. sure we'll hear from him. Uh, he's probably probably muted thyself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, individual stocks, not much going on here this morning. Uh, uh, we have a, a pretty significant comeback. The PCE is coming out, I believe, today or tomorrow. And that's the one I never can quite get my hands around since the... Uh, uh, and then since the Fed comes out and says, well, here's the number, where's the detail? Well, evidently there is no de- detail. But I just wanted to bring, I was going to bring this up for Dan in case he can hear us. Uh, two things. I've talked about Milton Friedman this week. Inflation and always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon in the sense that it can be produced only by a more rapid increase in the quantity of money than in output. Okay, now we flip from there to the CNBC article today. It says, deflation here is... Here's where pr- defl- deflation. Here's where prices fell in January, 2024, in one chart. Okay, and there's a chart that has uh, uh, food at home, lettuce, apples, fresh seafood, and energy, and all this other kind of stuff. They talk about services being an issue and blah blah blah. And uh, so we have, um, you know, an issue with this. The uh, uh, Dan says something's having a, he's having a problem with a Google link or something here to join the meeting on Google. What's he talking about? I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, why don't you give him a holler and find out? Uh, but now these guys come out and, and here's when when we talk when you talk about um, different things of inflation when you have a society like our an economy like ours or really like anybody's at any given time. Stuff. Some stuff is going up in price. Some stuff's going down. All of a sudden, you have uh, bird flu, and you knock off half your chickens. Well, okay. Well, then the price of eggs going to go up. And by the way, the, the price of chicken dinner is going up. Then all of a sudden, uh, there's no bird flu, and you got a, an oversupply of birds, and everybody can't can't wait to get rid of their birds. Uh, all of a sudden, chickens cheaper. Maybe egg. in a dynamic economy, prices are never stable necessarily in different areas because some you might have uh, overproduction of oil. All of a sudden, now oil prices are down, or whatever it is, or there's underproduction, or people start driving more, and all of a sudden the demand, the, the gasoline demand goes up a little bit, and the price goes In any healthy society, economic society, you're always going to have prices going up and down. You can't identify you know, the price of ham down 3% saying the inflation level is going down. Because something somewhere else is probably going up. The only way we, t- we talk about a general inflation is what Milton Friedman is talking about. Is I think everybody knows that if you double the amount of money in society, everything, the price of everything is going to double. I mean, th- that's a totally different phenomenon than what is in this article. So you can't say, man... If egg- you're the reserve currency. Well, yeah, well, any currency. I mean, look what happened in, uh, in Venezuela or in Argentina or in Turkey. We just went through that last week. I don't know if you were producing, Greg. I went through the numbers in Turkey. In the last three years, the money supply is up like four times. The inflation is 400%, and the stock market's up 400%. Duh. They all match up, right? In their currency. Now, you're sure yeah, as hell not going to... I think a lot of people would be swapping out of their currency. Uh, that, see, see now, you, you, you got to stay focused on the subject. You're right. As a trader, the first thing you do every day is get out of the Turkish currency, right? Duh. As, a, as in anybody. Yeah. Well. Okay. But I'm saying now you're now you're into. I wonder why Dan's having problems with uh, when he's here. Anyway, are you having any luck with him? Uh, we've. 
He's in the room. I wonder why he is not on. Yeah. Well, you could call him, because even though it's not as good, uh, we could certainly use the, the uh, phone link if we have to. Why don't you do that? I can boot him out, but then he won't be able to come back in. He has to leave himself. Well, I want you to call him and see what, see if he can do that okay. for, for a few minutes. Uh, so here I'm, I'm showing you this chart. And actually, it's, you know, it's a pretty good chart. The price of eggs is down 28%. Of course, it was up so damn high. Lettuce down 11%. Apples down 8.9%. Okay, then we've got gas service is down 17 I don't know about that. Uh, the price of gas is down. Here, here's, here's one of my pet peeves. I'm looking here. I just happened to bring it in. just happened to bring it in. Where am I here? I've got both the, the both of them. I've got uh, ComEd. No, that's not the one we want. People's Gas. There we go. I'm looking at my bill. Um, fixed charge. Now, the, the total bill for the month is $94. This is an apartment. Okay. The fixed charge is $2,902. Uh, distribution charge. Uh, the, the actual gas charge is $23. Out of ninety-four bucks, so you can say that the twenty-three dollars maybe should have been twenty-six or twenty-seven. All right, so it's down whatever these mutton heads are saying here. Uh, that it's down seventeen percent, but it, it is literally is twenty-two percent of my total bill. Fixed charge. Uh, we have a distribution charge. We have a storage service charge. I didn't know necessarily. I, I didn't store it. We have an energy efficiency program charge. Environmental charge, uh, UEA gas cost adjustment, and we have a qualified infrastructure plant charge. Okay, then we have a Chicago municipal tax, uh, state gas revenue tax, and uh, whatever that is. So the taxes are uh, almost nine dollars. So they're almost they're over. They're probably forty percent of the cost of the gas. So the gas is twenty three dollars of a ninety four dollar bill. So, you may say that the that the price of gas, natural gas, is down, but doesn't mean your bill is down by any stretch. Uh, so, I mean, I guess when you listen to these things, just people listen to the show. I think are a little smarter. Just define your terms a little better. Okay, what did that guy say or that lady say? What is her definition of what she just talked about? Because they're all different. Don't say. The price of natural gas is down, therefore your gas bill is down. It may, it probably was from last month, because the twenty-three bucks could have been twenty-six, but it's not from last year, when the distribution charge or or the or charge to replace pipes or something was added to it. the The cost of electricity. That's why I have this. My bro and I, of course, we we joust all the time, and he's would love to have some kind of solar panels and stuff on his house. And he'd like to become an independent, an energy independent someday. And I, I'm not going to criticize that at all because I think that's that's a good idea. And if, boy, if I had a spot to put a little windmill, one of those little ones that spun around like a globe, I'd, I'd do that. Uh, I mean, it, th- these, this kind of stuff makes sense. Yet to think for a second that the electric company that has been doing this for 100 and some years isn't a step ahead of you, you know, I, I got news for you. The, 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 if you end up Almost, almost 100% efficient. In one day a year, you have to we have you have to tap into the system. It's going to cost you 500 bucks for the ability to do it, even if you never do. They're, they're never going to lose, <laughs> because if if we want to fight them, we have to put up the money. If they fight us, they can expense it. And oh, by the way, get a raise because they because their expenses are up too high. It's it, it's 
you know, I, I'm not saying don't put the thing on your roof. I mean, I, if I had a roof where it was facing south, I'd probably be one of the first guys to do it. But at least understand where we are. And <laughs> we're the part that goes over the fence last. I don't know, what is that, if that means Lou says I'm a, what do you say, I'm a, I'm a uh, traditional Democrat, I, uh, whatever. It's probably what I am. I mean, I'm probably more conservative on... Uh, You're a classical liberal chief. Classical, and I'm more, I'm probably more more right-wing on, on the dollar stuff than most people on the right-wing. Of course, they'd never accuse me of that, but uh, how, is, how can we not find Dan by, by Zoom or by telephone or by anything here? When I don't know. Did you try and call him? Yeah, yeah, we talked. And what did he say? He said he's, he's working on it. So. Why, why didn't he just come on through the phone? Uh, he's, got, he's got the number. He's still in, uh, I think he's trying to do maybe too many things at one time. Ah. His, his phone is trying to run Zoom and maybe a call. Ah, I get it. All right. So, uh, all this stuff here is the economy. We've, we said uh, Cisco's laying off what three thousand people. The model layoffs every day being announced is pretty dramatic. Now, how much more it was than last year, a normal year? I mean, we'll get Carol on uh, tomorrow and talk. Can you about hear me now? Yeah, hey, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Scotty, Scotty just beamed in. There I am. Yes. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing all right. I just went through some. Uh, inflation stuff about there's a big article here in uh, CNBC regarding some individual things in the economy that have actually dropped in price and my lecture was that always happens stuff goes up and down in a vibrant economy no matter what it's not the same as a general price level absolutely and I've been I've been able to hear you and 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 uh, I had some notes related to uh, you know the the recent CPI number that just came out and and you know we, we had that large sell-off in the market after that number came out because it was stronger than expected and also i think the fact that it's very likely that we're going to continue to see a um you know a slower uh or a an elongated period before we see rate cuts at this point based on that number and based on the fact that the cpi is stronger than than what is has been expected this is the environment chief that i have anticipated this is the environment that i never flinched and and i knew all along despite what the talking heads were saying that this is going to be a slower environment to see rate cuts so uh and that is because there are a lot of other factors yes spread uh spreads are stabilizing yes Many people are getting back to the office and not working remote as much. However, the price stability is there, but they're at higher levels. In other words, everything from eggs at the grocery store to rents to to services, they're higher. And people are just adjusting to those new higher levels. But what that tells you is that CPI has picked up, as, as the numbers indicated. And I do believe that we cannot start cutting rates anytime soon and by the way i just heard that the first cut could come as you know, may not come as soon as uh june or july so the, we're not in an environment um it's not moving as quickly as as americans want to see it move or investors want to see it move and again we talked about that level of impatience before and just really having to pay attention to what's actually going on um, and let this system work itself out. Well, that all being said, 
that all being said, and we know that CPI will decline, we know that we are moving in the right direction, some interesting things have come up. Um, corporate bond spreads have tightened significantly because a lot of people have been reaching for yield. So where do you go instead? Well, my old um, steady eddy place to go are short-term T-bills. We were seeing two-month T-bills at 570 this past week. I was selling some one-year corporate bonds, double B-rated, at 620. Wow. So you're only picking up 50 basis points. Granted, they're not the same maturity, but there's been a tightening and spread on the corporates, and there's been a slower, there's been this elongated period now that we're going to have to wait. And from my point of view and from your point of view, as people who focus on keeping um, the, you know, we're focused on keeping uh, capital preservation as our primary objective. This is a fantastic period because this, we're not going to see this, you know, fast decline in rates um, that would lead to probably a lot of volatility in the equity market. I'm going to say we're not going to see any decline in long-term rates. I, I, I agree with you. I think I, I absolutely agree with you. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be some volatility in rates, um, but it's going to take a while before we see the yield curve flatten again. And the the shape of the yield curve doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see a recession, but it does mean that growth is going to remain slow. And that's what I think that we're expected to see going forward. Um, some of the caveats or some of the things to pay attention to in this environment are the certainly the tech names. If you look at some of the the Apples and the Amazons and the you know the, the names that have come out recently um, with earnings, the earnings have been relatively strong. Um, you know they really haven't disappointed. But what has disappointed is the or not necessarily disappointed, but what I think has surprised people is just seeing such a high core CPI number, right? It's 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 there. Yeah, you know, I uh, two things, two questions. When they when you just what you just said is they're not disappointing. All right, I know that when I entered the business, you know, there were all kinds of guys at all these firms. All they did was track these. There were analysts all over the damn place. Yeah. And if, and if you were at Stiefel Nichols, if you were at Dean Witter, wherever you were, everybody had somebody who was the best at a certain industry. And the reason why you right. paid these people for their advice through commissions in those days uh, was was because they could find the stocks for you that their people had researched and thought were a little underpriced or overpriced, told you to sell them. Uh, and you had all that. Go- so you had a, a mass of people that, were, that had their, their expectations for let's say, whoever's coming out, whatever, whatever the company is. And and you could sit there, and they would have a list of, sometimes I could get this list. There's a list of 15 people. There's Joe at Dean Witter, there's Judy at some other place, and they're all putting their neck on the line, and they're all working hard, and they're saying, Judy might be four cents above Joe, and, and she's got a reputation for this country. Now, I don't know how many of these people are around there. I don't even know who the expectators are, in the immortal words of Richard J. Daly. Who are these expectators? When he said, "Who are these alligators?" Uh, you know, a good point. I mean, so a company puts out the expectation on Tuesday, and they beat it on Thursday. Well, well duh. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I mean, I mean, agree. I, I mean, I, but you know, more. I mean, who? What is the state 
of the expectators, I guess, at this point. Who are they? I look now, and it's always like one or two firms that that's what they do. They put out expectations. Who are these guys? I, no, I absolutely agree with you on that. And I think sometimes, and I still think, because we were so used for so many years, we were, were so used to taking those numbers at heart and following those numbers, and that was what our benchmark was. And that has changed. Um, that has definitely changed. So we're, we're um, you know, we're, I think, having to take the numbers at face value. We have to see that, you know, the, the numbers are coming out. And then we have to interpret these numbers. And we have to really listen to the Fed. I do agree that they are really, truly trying to see uh you know this target of two percent this target of price stability that that's what they're looking for i really like the fact that they're they're taking their time and that they're not rushing in and listening to the political um heads you know suggesting that we need to see some more movement because this is a an election year i do believe they're doing a good job right now and what they're doing is really going to help us economically down the road so things have not caught up 100% yet. The job market still is solid. There are more jobs. What than about what the about the, what about the Brazilian layoffs in the last two weeks? Right, and so those are coming finally, and they're coming in certain industries first. Um, a lot of people are able to, you know, that have skills, especially in tech sectors or in transportation, are able to transfer those skills. However, I'm finding for the first time after interviewing, you know, just sort of doing a um, interview with, you know, friends and, and people in the industry and some CEOs just to get a better sense of where things stand. And there has been reluctance for people to go back into the office so that we're losing a, a fair number of um you know, millennial-aged um, kids who were wanting to, that really were enjoying the environment of full full remote, and they're not they're like you know not quite sure they want to go in and work full time now, and so that that change is happening, and that change is what I've been referring to as stabilization. You know, again, going back to to pre-pandemic, going back to the way things had been for most of our adult careers. Um, we're now kind of settling back into that. It's happening slowly, but it is happening. And there are enough uh, CEOs that we speak to that are encouraging that back to work, you know, back to a sense of camaraderie in the office, back to, um, you know, keeping, you know, at least with the Fed, keeping that price target set and back to price stability. So for the most part, with exceptions here and there, we're seeing that price stability. Watch out for the fact that you're paying higher prices more consistently now. And I do think that that is impacting consumers, certainly impacting investors. Um, I know I use the word sticker shock. And as long as I'm feeling sticker shock, so is everyone else. And, you know, paying $5 for a dozen eggs still is sticker shock. Those things are going to gradually work themselves out over time. We're not there yet. I mean, you're getting and used to getting somebody slapping you in the head every day. Every day you walk to work. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, I know. I, I mean, I, I got what you. The I stuff agree. you're just saying. I have, I have a couple of, I'll say, probing questions, if that's a better term. Um, when you say people at home don't want to come back to work, okay, but that's that's I hear that a lot. Now, my question is. 
how much of that is I don't want to get out of my sweats uh, I got two TVs going and one I'm watching the Three Stooges I'm, well, I'm allegedly working how much of it is, is how much of it is is flat ass laziness uh, I'll call it that but how much of it is economic since the wife and I have been home for two years working mostly from home we've been able to uh, get rid of one car we now maybe have one train ticket yes. uh, and and oh by the way the price of parking downtown is up 40% from the last time I went to work and yes. uh, and so is the train ticket and by the way the, the price of a new car I don't even want to go there and hey buddy if you want me to come back to work where's my raise I mean how much of it is economic versus just plain I, w- I want to sit on my ass on the sofa I, I think a lot of it's economic to be honest with you I, at this I, at this point, I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of it is economic. It may not have been economic initially when people were still somewhat wary about the pandemic or uncertain about the pandemic. I think at this point it is economic. It's also a lot of people who have gotten used to working more efficiently and, you know, during the day still be able to get some of their errands run and, and yet being connected, which when you is say one wonderful. When you say running your errands, it means they're not working. Every time I try and call oh. somebody at home, they're not, I can't find them. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's right. BS that they're that they're slaving. I'm not saying, no, Audrey, when she works from home, she'll sit there in a, in a, in a room and you won't see her for 12 hours because of the real estate stuff. When she has stuff to do, I mean, that's her, that's her business. She just happens to have, she, I mean, that's her office. But, I mean, there's right. all kinds of other people. The dog needs it. Plus, I've I read yeah. Sur- yeah. surveys that say a big chunk of why a lot of people want to come back is they have a side hustle. They're, they're, they're walking Absolutely. somebody's they're walking somebody's dog they're feeding somebody's cat they're doing something yeah I 100 percent agree That's so I mean I, I mean I'd say though to, I'm, I'm gonna give people a break and say 60 percent of it's economic and, would, and part would, of the economics might be the side hustle yep I would agree with that yeah and because prices are higher I mean they've stabilized but it takes more than just that one salary to, to end up paying, you know, the utility bills, the the higher tax rates, the you know, oh, the yeah. property taxes. Without a doubt, I, I think so. people. I mean, Nancy has talked, and when she comes on, and she, you know, nobody knows people's finances more than she does when she gets a mortgage from. She goes, a lot of these families are up to two and a half jobs. Right, and and I and I guarantee you that, that if well, not guarantee that's a too strong one. That if you and I are, are at home and uh, we're sharing a place. And one of us is a CPA, and you start doing some taxes for people, some extra scratch. Some of those taxes are being done on my time. Yes, I would agree. Yep, absolutely. The the um, the other the other sort of element of all this is the, the, there's one, like you said, the economic necessity uh, of needing to make ends meet. You know, with with your family, like needing to kind of step up to keep to keep this going and then the other thing is you know watching what's really happening and yes we are seeing um you know still relatively strong cpi number we're still seeing a relatively strong um you know economic backdrop here which is good in general but what is what it's also telling us that for an investor's point of view that Stick with uh, the chief and, and and Dan's strategies right now because we're going to give you some decent return. This is going to continue to be a volatile period until we approach those lower, uh, long lower long term sustainable inflation rates. If we're looking at two percent, it's not going to happen overnight. And we, I have been saying that for a long time. It's not like you flip a switch and suddenly we're back to two percent. 
So I do think what they're doing on that end, what the Fed is doing, is very calculated. They are watching the numbers. They are aware of what's happening. But if you think, Chief, about what happened just this past week, there was a pretty substantial move um, based on these stronger-than-expected CPI numbers. Well, Dan, why – I mean, the uh, the, what's his name? Kramers of the world were talking about how irrational that move was. Now, somewhere someday – I mean, and not not any day or you know, there there is a method to the madness of pricing stocks. Now, granted, this one's in vogue, this one's out of vogue. The market can do whatever it wants, but but there is somewhat of a, a rationale to it, and that you're supposed to look at some level of what the company is about to earn over the next ten years. Say, look at the interest rate, and and that's how you value the company, at least on some level. Okay, now if it's going to double in two or three years, well, you know, then it's going to be higher than that. Or if you think they got a contract that's going to end in five years, it could go the other way, right? But, exactly. But, but, I mean, for these guys to be talking about the move the other day, we had a 3% move in 10-year rates when they, when that number came out. That's a massive move. So it to, is a massive so, move. So to, so to say that a, a 2% move in the market down is irrational is really stupid. I mean, it really is stupid. Now, we've come back on the 10-year rate, and I very seldom use that word, but if you come back on the 10-year rate, uh, this, this bounce back is also fairly rational if you look at the 10-year rate. And that, now you got to look at all kinds of other stuff. But I'm saying if all of a sudden the interest, the, the 10-year rate were to go from 4.2 to 5.2 and the market were to go down 10%, that's not irrational at all. It's exactly rational, Right. Yeah, I hear. Yeah, I definitely hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not that going to stay there, and it doesn't mean any individual stock that has a huge growth curve should be down as well because the thing's growing faster than the than the rate change. Or, yep. but but if you're talking about a a utility, well, duh, of course it's going to go down, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and this period is, I think, one that may not have been as as clearly um, anticipated. You know, it, it, it was very quick, you know, if you think last fall, you know, getting a rate cut in March and then another one in May and so forth. And all along I have been saying, you know, the slower the better, you know, let's let the economy work itself out. It is starting to do all the right things. We are seeing the labor um, front come back. We are seeing some layoffs. Um, we are seeing some stability, but that stability is not coming in the day-to-day fluctuations in, for example, rates, in, for example, equity prices, whether they be um, the, the big seven or whether they be the market as a whole. So we have more volatility this year um, and more volatility expected. We have a longer time horizon on seeing um, the Fed cut rates which goes to the point of being involved in a capital preservation strategy like your strategy chief and like our strategy these this is the place you want to be you're getting some nice decent income and you're doing it with very little risk and you're protecting yourself from volatility dan you just led me into my last and probably most important question for you was we we talked a few weeks ago about you and i if somebody you know from a few select clients, um, if somebody wanted to, say, drop in, uh, that we could find a way, matter of fact, we have a way, we can essentially share that portfolio 
and for some fixed income, some market stuff, and we would coordinate, obviously, since you and I talk all the time. Uh, and I picked a number. This person just happened to have two million bucks. I picked a number, and I said, "Well, I'm going to ask Dan what he would do with his million." But for mine, I would probably say, for the next couple of months, and it, you know, if 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 you have stocks and you're bringing them in, we'll figure out a way to either you like them or don't like them. Figure out what the tax situation is. Hedge them, not hedge them. You know, we'll do it individually on the stocks you really want to keep. Now, you know, we don't want to have 50 stocks where there's 100 shares of this and 100 shares of that. That's it's, it's impossible to deal with for me anyway. Uh, because you don't want, you know, if you want to hedge them, if you want, to just, if you want to just leave yeah, them there, because just you know, for a lark, that's fine too. Um, and they said, well, "What would Dan do with his million?" And I said, "I'm going to ask him." So I'm asking you. I mean, I'm ready to give yeah, it. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say I would put right now today. I would put a fair amount in in uh, our actively managed T bill, short term T bill accounts. I mean, we're seeing five seventy on a one and a half year T-bill, um, you can't get that kind of yield elsewhere. And we're actually lightening up in some of the corporates where we sold a corporate bond yesterday that is is under, you know, is considered high yield, under, you know, rate, rated lower than triple B for 620. So that's 60 basis points that you're, you're picking up by going into the, or you're losing. Uh, but by going in from from the T bill, that's giving you 570. You're only getting 60 basis points um, if you're buying a less than investment grade bond. So it's a little bit of a non uh, you know no brainer. Plus you're getting that tax break on your on the interest income. One thing I want to point out. Uh, to well, the wait, 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 one question, Jim. Um, we've got a dash here. Uh, what what if there's already bonds in there? You, you, would you puke them out or look at them individually? Yep. Probably look at them individually. You would, you would, you would always look at them individually, and then you would puke them out if they were, if they were the spreads had tightened so much. And the spreads have tightened that much because people are still looking to add that extra yield. But you have to do what we do is doing our homework on all these names, talking to the senior management of these companies, looking at the expectations. But spreads now are historically narrow not the not the absolute narrow that they've been but they're narrower than they've been in quite some time and that that's the great thing about the bond market is just looking at the spread you can determine where valuation is and you can turn determine where where so the uh, bond would really have to be a good one for you to keep it it have it have to be a good one, and you'd have to if once you but once you start seeing that spread compression, that's the time to kick it out and buy some more um, short term T bills at five sixty five seventy. One po- important point for listeners when it comes to understanding, you know, all all investments, stocks, bonds, commodities, is the different types of risk. And one definition of the ri- of risk is exposure to loss. So exposure to losses is, is defined by any type of decline you see in the market value of your portfolio, and that's the obvious one. And you have to look at your sensitivity or your ability to take a certain amount of loss, and that's where the risk comes in. But the second kind of risk, which is actually more common and more understandable in our business, is the standard deviation of returns. And the standard deviation of returns has picked up, that, and that's the element of volatility right. that's picked up. And how much, as an investor, are you willing to go on that roller coaster ride 
Um, I, I would tell you nine times out of 10, it's not necessarily going to lead to higher returns. So paying attention right now to strategies that are absolute return focused that are giving you strong, steady, you know, 6% plus with a minimal amount of exposure to loss and a minimal amount. Well, plus, of you can, if, if things change, you can drop that T-bill this afternoon, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right, There's Dan, still a fair amount of liquidity yeah. in the system, and that's, you know, it's a good place to be right now. All right, buddy, take care of yourself. Good stuff. Uh, you too. We'll, maybe we'll double up on the Dan next week. Yeah. SP Futures up nine, NASDAQ is on 39. You want to go right to Mr. Flanagan since we're running late, Greg? Sounds Got good. Him. All right, do we have Mr. Flanagan? Mr. Flanagan, must be. is his dad with us or was it Jen? This is me. All right, so Mr. Flanagan. Mr. Flanagan was your dad, as I recall. Yes. <laughs> I'll always be that to me. <laughs> so, what do you what do you make of all the stuff that Lou and Dan and I were talking about? It's a crazy world here, isn't it? With these with these valuations flashing back and forth, and people looking to uh, I, I my only I don't give an, an, well I, I sure as hell don't want to give investment advice on the radio, but I will say this: if ever there was a time to sit there with wife and kids or whatever if they're part of it, or by yourself if it's just you spend an hour or two looking at what you think your portfolio should be like going forward then look at what you have and see if they match I guarantee you they probably don't <laughs> I mean mine never does <laughs> right John it, it, and, and you, you got to have the courage to get from point A to point B you, you just have to and if you need help doing that you know we can we can provide that for a few select people but uh, it's this year the next all I can say about the next five years is it's not going to be like the last five years, Jan. One way or the other, it could be better. The market could go up higher. Who knows? But the fact is, you, you can't go by uh, when I, my first finance class in the University of Chicago many, many moons ago uh, was you can't just go with the best mutual fund guy last year and say he's going to be the best guy this year. He probably isn't going to be, especially if he hasn't rebalanced his portfolio. And he's like everybody else. He's not going to want to sell his winners. And usually the winners this year are different than the winners last year. I mean, I think that's just, that's not investment advice, John. It's just, that's just the way the market has always worked uh, most of the time. Not every, you know, sometimes guys are two and three years in a row and then whatever. But just like the dogs of the Dow, you ever, uh, you heard of that strategy? You probably heard of it, but you know what it is? No. You should, you should take out of the, out of the Dow 30, you should pick the, if it's the five or 10 or eight worst performers of the last year. And those are the ones you want to buy this year because they'll probably spin around because you're talking about the 30 of the best stocks. So the ones that have a bad year are going to find out a way to have a good year because they'll get better management or do something or whatever. And it's very difficult for a stock to lead for five, six years in a row because we're all, we're all kind of in the same world, right? So that's the, the dogs that are down. I don't know exactly how many of them it was supposed to be, but that's, that was, that's the theory. So there are people that, if ever they say the dogs that are down theory, it's either the the lowest performing five, eight, or ten—I forget which one it was—or you can pick any number you wanted, I guess—and that's what you do. You buy the crummiest ones from last year. And I'm going to say, I bet that over the last 50 years, you've done pretty well doing that. Of course, now, now the minute the stock doesn't perform, they kick it out of the Dow. So that—that's sort of a different phenomenon, right? But some of the stocks yeah. have kicked out of the Dow, like Honeywell, or whatever, have done, have done better than the Dow being out. So they kicked out some of the wrong ones. So you don't always kick out the right the right ones, but wasn't. I think GM and GE were. I know GE was. G 
Gee, one time was, was booted out. That wasn't that. That was the only original Dow stock left. I, I think, think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you what, what's striking for me, and you, you probably, you know, have been sensitive to this long before I, I you know, kind of like woke up to it. But um, when it comes to you know keeping a portfolio in place for your retirement, and planning when you retire, and, you know the. The, the date for when you retire is, is a moving target for most people because, you know, things change or whatever, and you, you have to delay it or you want to hasten it, depending on how things are looking on the, on the financial horizon. But the, the moving target now really is what kind of money is it going to take to retire? And, you know, I, I don't know how anybody can really get a handle on that for very long without having, you know, some major curveballs thrown at you that you hadn't considered to change the, your whole you know, financial complexion and the whole expectation of when retirement is possible or, or you know, advisable. You know, I, I just I went to the store Monday. I just happened to glance at the eggs in the Aldi in my neighborhood, and I didn't have to buy them because I had some at home. But they had jumped a, a buck fifty in four days. And I thought, well, I was, I I don't I wouldn't have expected that the last time I was in there because they had been hovering way lower than they had been and I thought yeah. maybe we got some stability here all of a sudden now if I go in there as you know somebody who's got a family and you know you got to have those you know, to keep your your family fed that, that that you're going to be in that store less time if you have to buy two dozen eggs well, um, let me uh, let me put into um, financial terms what you just said if you don't mind I mean okay. I, I've been doing uh, you know this for a while and when I I, you know, when I started, there were there were no such things as four hundred one k's. I don't even think there were ever IRAs. I might have maybe. Um, so these things came in, okay, uh, ways for you to save for your own retirement. Coincidental with companies getting rid of their well, whatever uh, pension plans for people, or screwing people out of them, one or the other, right? And which a lot of them did. Uh, I know a couple of people that were with Ream Manufacturing that somebody came in and bought the place and they basically offered everybody, they said, we're moving the plant, I don't know if it was to Mexico or someplace, and they said, well, you have an opportunity to move with the plant. And when people said no, they considered them as quitting and somehow screwed them out of their pension. Somehow. I don't know how the hell that all worked. I think when In- Inland bought Ryerson, they found a way to screw people there too, didn't they? Right. Well, look at the Tribune. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, uh, well, what's his name? Took took out the uh, what was it was a Keel plant. I don't know much about Keel plants. Then he then he try and buy the place with their Keel plant, and then when then he pissed away all the money. Sam Zell. Yeah. Wasn't there? Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm saying, but here's here's somewhat the deal. In in my opinion, anyway, the deal that the government made, because this is fifteen twenty years ago, um, when Dr. J and I were on the score. Um, I would get one or two couples a month would come in and say, listen to you every day, I trust you, coming out of a 401k. The number was always between 900 and a million four. Okay. Now, since then, you don't get as many couples. Uh, and these are, these are blue-collar people. Really nice people, by the way. Uh, and I, these are the, it was, I love doing business with these guys. I mean, uh, and, and ladies. Uh, but the, but now, nobody seems to get there because there's been a medical problem with a kid. You're helping some one of the kids with their college education. The couples aren't busting. When you say a million two, 
for a blue collar person, it seems like a lot of money, but it but it really isn't if it's your whole retirement. Because go through the math, John. If you put uh, let's let's pick a number a million so it's easy. You put a million dollars in the bank or someplace, and your risk free return should be three percent, three and a quarter, somewhere at three and a half. Right, so that's thirty five grand, right? Interest without being in stocks, without being anything risky, it's just thirty five grand. Uh, your Social Security is going to be another twenty-five. Don't know if your wife has some or not, or maybe she worked and you don't have any. Uh, so you're talking fifty-five G a year, which fifteen twenty years ago, if your house is paid for, you're good to go, right? I mean, you, you can yep. you can live on that. It, you can buy your groceries, you can pay your taxes, you can do that stuff. You can put a new roof on every ten years, and by the way, you can buy a new car every five or six years. And put money aside yeah. too. It doesn't make you rich, but but fifty five G was was enough for somebody to live in retirement. I mean, you're not going around the world, and you're probably not commuting commuting to work and paying parking every day and all that kind of crap. But but it's you can live on that, okay. And if, and if somebody has some kind of a side gig for a few hours a week, then you're even better off. Well, now first you went into a situation where you got no money, risk free rate. So you were forced, I'll use the term, out on the risk curve. So a couple that I would have had, uh, you know, 25%, 30% in T-bills, 30%, 40% with somebody like Dan, uh, who does more fixed income than we do, and maybe 35%, 40% in a protected program that I do. And I would say that's where you are. But if if all of a sudden the bank is zero, well, nobody wants to put their money in order for zero, and all of a sudden, you know, some of the stuff Dan's trying to find, he's looking for, for uh, you know, I won't say junk bonds, but something at four. Uh, all of a sudden, it forces me to have somebody more in the market than maybe they ought to be based on their risk level. Now, granted, I can protect it, but most people don't protect it. Now, But now that person, I don't think that arrives today. The new roof is liable to be 40. <laughs> the new car is 60. I mean, this, I don't think... That, these these people that that played the game correctly are now basically bleep out of luck in terms of I don't know that you can maintain a home and 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 any kind of a I won't even say a lifestyle because you're not you're not going on vacation to Vegas every weekend I don't know that you can do that in fifty five grand a year especially with maintenance on a house your taxes might be up to twelve for God's sake no no way I mean I don't I don't see, so whatever the deal is. So you, you have to look at your investments, and you have to... I think this is what you're saying, John. I'm just putting numbers to it. Um, you know, w- what if, you know, somebody um, slips and, 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 and breaks an ankle on, 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 the ice, on the ice or something? That couple isn't going to take, with their insurance, a $10,000 bill from the hospital. Now, of course, if you're on Medicare with all the other stuff, which is $500 a month, by the way, right? If you're on everything uh, from Medicare... So between the two of them, they're $1,000 a month in insurance. Well, that's 12 right out of the gate out of the 55, right? Now you're down to 43. The taxes on the house is 12. Now you're down to 31. Where, where the hell are the roof and the car and all the other stuff going to come out of? Right. I mean, it's... You, the, uh, the idea of you know, worst-case scenarios, Tom, and I guess, you know, if, if you're looking at worst-case scenarios as, as a theoretical issue, you you. I guess you could always imagine some situation so bad that you should never even think about retiring. So you just keep what well, you yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is this is how you know. But this is, isn't how people 
you know, are inclined to make decisions that, that you don't want to sort of, I think, plan on upon every possible worst case scenario. But by ignoring them or being selective about them, you're also nowhere ahead either. So, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of stuff, and I, and I think to a lot of, a lot of point, John, is the, a lot of stuff Lou talks about, I don't even, I don't notice that much because I'm focused on what I'm doing for my clients and for the show. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world that's blowing right by me, right? I, I, at least I know that. And when you, when you talk to people kind of like on every subject, and it's always the same subject. I mean, Lou was talking about how and, and, the shooters well, but, that get that get the press versus the shooters that don't, and the kind of murders that are in. I think if it, if it's a if it's a common murder, uh, common murder, God, it's a horrible thing to say. If it's a, if it's a two gangbangers blasting each other on a Tuesday night, how long can that command the news? Yet, if four people get killed in London, where like nobody ever gets killed, well, that's going to last for quite a while, right? It's it's not a it's not about I don't think maybe there is some of it that the newspapers zero in on one versus the other, but one is a ver- one is a relatively unusual event. I got to believe that if somebody gets shot in, uh, you know, two topless Illinois and two people get blasted on the main street, that's that story is going to linger for two months. Somebody getting shot at 79th Street in Chicago, that's not going to last two minutes because there's going to be another one well, right, it- you know. I, I, I agree completely with how Lou you know portrayed what's what's going on there and um, doesn't surprise you know, me. By the, way. And he he's, he used the Jesse Smollett example of you know the, it, it was charged in exactly the right way. You had everybody piling on within hours, including Kamala Harris and L. Sharpton and everybody else. Who, an anti-lynching law got you know pushed through, you know, the, you know, Congress in no time at all following that hoax. And because it hit all the right buttons, it proved that white supremacy was was really the, the biggest evil in this country, which, which is what Biden's you know continues to harp on. But then you have the shooting in Nashville in the country school where the, the killer was a disgruntled transgender person with a crazy manifesto that the police sat on because it would it would blow holes in everybody's supposed impression of what transgenderism really is and it, it bypassed the, you know, the situation where what kind of medications was this nut case on and it, what were they hormone blocker you know puberty blockers and hormone treatments that, that made her deranged none of that do they want to get into the national discussion about transgenderism also what 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 uh what reporter is capable of writing that that article i'm not i would i'm not a well nor well you will never get any toxicology reports on any of these mass mass shooters really no matter what political persuasion or you know racial boundary they fall on either side of because if the toxicology reports would so indict the pharmaceutical companies that they'd be killed with lawsuits so that that i mean it takes more than an investigative reporter to to get well, that how do you how do you go from i mean i, I guess John, I'm, I'm, and by the way, Tom, let, let, let me let me formulate my thought here. But I'm, I'm 100% with you. Is that I don't think anybody. Like I just mentioned with Lou that I, one of the ladies, this is a long time ago, that she was a teacher in a South Side school, and she's telling me that if the kids around there, what is it, rim? What's what's the stuff? What's the, what's the drug? Ram of something, something. Adderall. Uh, Ritalin and the other. What's the other one? Adderall. Yeah. Because if the kids around that, if they take their drugs, or sleep on the desk, if they're not, they're bouncing around the room. Okay, so, and they're giving these things to everybody, and our buddy Dr. Johnson, Dr. Every Blair, male, anyway. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's an absolute war on maleness. 
Yep. Uh, I mean, one of the, <laughs> the Buckingham bar was still open. Uh, there's this older older Irish guy from the south side, so of course we start BSing each other. And he goes, you know, my daughter's got these two kids. I'm retired. I'm kind of looking for something to do. Uh, her husband takes off, so she's working. So a couple days a week I watch the kids. And he goes, I take them to the playground. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, there's snow, and guess what? <laughs> the, the boys are in a snowball fight, <laughs> and the mothers are aghast. You know, what are they doing? Man, they're like savages and blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe they need to be drugged. She goes, and he's like, what are they doing? They're just being boys. <laughs> what is the matter? I mean, of course they're wrestling at recess. What, what, what else do you do? How dare they, Tom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How dare they? I mean, it, it, he goes, the, the tolerance for just growing up a little male is, is, is non-existent. Everybody needs to be drugged. But anyway, my point is, because uh, you're, you're the attorney, how do you go from a mass shooter that's having uh, stress-related issues, uh, getting some kind of drugs from his psychologist, or you know, online he found a way to get them himself or something, and maybe he's got some. What's the stuff you take for uh, if you're if you dip the mood swings? What are they, what's that stuff? Uh, what's what, the mood swings where you? What do they call that? What's the medical word Prozac for? Or yeah, what's the medical word for? Uh, your, your, Antidepressants. Yeah, or uh, what's the one where your, your your personality changes a little bit back and forth? Where you, Antipsychosis. Yeah. It's that kind of, so, okay, you take two or three of these things. Nobody, I don't think, I mean, our buddy, I mentioned Dr. Johnson said, uh, I was talking to Blade, he goes, those things, they are the silver bullet. If you've got a kid who's exactly got that chemical imbalance in their brain, he said, we've been looking for those drugs for years. Finally, we have them. He said, but if, if that's not the issue, the drugs have a totally different effect. That's why the or other, if they're overprescribed. Yeah, he said, that's why, the, well, that's why the other kids in school are trying to steal them yeah. from them because if you don't have that problem, then they're a huge high. Yeah. But he said, yeah. but, but if you have to spend time with these kids when, once they get them. Make sure you got the right dosage. Make sure you got all this stuff. He goes, you, it's a big deal to prescribe this stuff. Okay, so I'll move to the John Flanagan point. Somebody goes out and blasts 10 people. You find out he's loaded with Ritalin and some antipsychosis stuff and obey some kind of a downer because he goes up and down all the time. Now what? Okay, he's got him in his system. Is it the doctor's fault? Was he like that before? Was it, is it the drug company's fault for the things being available? Is it somebody else's fault for not making sure the guy needed him a month after that he got the prescription? There's a lot of potential fault in there, but I don't, I don't see a lawsuit, although you know anybody can sue anybody. I don't see how you... How you drop one of those bombs on anybody, especially if you're on two or three different drugs, John? Well, you know, all the w- drugs that I see lately, you know, run the gamut of side effects. And, of course, they're all played against the, the background of some idiotic narrative that, you know, people dancing around and to distract you from those side effects. But many of the side effects involve suicidal thoughts, you know, psychotic behavior, mood, sh- mood swings, mood changes, personality disorders. Yeah, yeah. These are all, they're side effects, Tom. Well, side effects produce insane behavior apparently hey by the way so, I, was, I was thinking of some of our I won't say our, our druggy friends when we were in college but uh, um, I heard something last night that the the that the uh, the drug that is the operative drug in mushrooms is it psilocybin psilocybin yeah evidently now it's being used for something and it's it's a miracle drug potentially for something Maybe it's in Sky Rizzi, Tom, or Pluxit. No, no, it's in some other... Some, they're using it for some other... I just heard it on the news last night, and I go, I wonder... I should ask John about this. He's probably already up on it, but... <laughs> not saying anything well, bad about you. <laughs> all, all, of these, all of these are therapeutic, and some... You know, LSD was considered, you know, 
of sort of a, you know, a mind control. And, um, you yeah, know, it worked out well with the Unabomber, right? Yeah, it, I mean, there's all these things have been studied minutely for their usefulness. For what, and some of the, of course, some of these dark forces. When you think about what was the what was the the stuff that um, Hitler's doctor had him on? What twenty or twenty two prescription drugs? And when uh, it wasn't crystal meth. What's the other one that uh, that a lot of that it's in really bad in a lot of the neighborhoods? Not crystal meth. It's the other uh, drug that everybody takes. That you, like, there's no coming back from. What the hell's the name of it? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, you crack cocaine or no? It's it's there's a third one. Uh, anyway, that that he thought that that drug when it first came out, his Hitler's doctor would would negate the side effects of all the other twenty or something, and that's what he. So he started giving that to Hitler as well. No wonder the guy was crazy nuts. Well, he was crazy nuts to start with. How he got even worse. He, um, what I can't believe I can't remember the name of this stuff. It's it's all over in the in the in the, in the communities. It's not heroin. It's not crystal meth. It's, there's a there's a there's a another one that's flying around over there. But to your time, I can what, what I you, can what you walk say, around. What you say, Greg? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Yeah. Fentanyl. Yeah. Well. When, it, when that came out, Hitler's uh, guy thought that would be the th- that would knock off the side effects from the other ones. Duh, <laughs> Jesus! I'd like that guy for my doctor, right? Anyway, well, you you can walk around Chicago and see people all over the place, you know, strung out on fentanyl now. Yeah, it's just as normal as apple pie. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, you're right. But we're, the, I, I think. When uh, like Dr. Johnson, because you know nobody nobody knows more about this stuff, and is a nicer guy than, than our buddy, and he says you know people don't want to do clinical psychology anymore. You you don't want to spend the time with people, and when you're doing this kind of stuff, this is real serious crap. Basically, if you're going to make sure that some kid needs this drug, these drugs are very powerful. You've got to make sure that you spend the time and before and after that it's the right kid, it's the right dose, it's the right everything. I don't know what's going on, John. I mean, the idea well, of my, my, my niece was talking to a you know somebody she knows in college about you know the opportunities in the medical field and she mentions psychiatry and it's a, it was a medical doctor she was talking to not a psychiatrist but the medical doctor told her well you know you really don't want to go into psychiatry the psychiatrists today are just a bunch of pill pushers and my well, niece was kind of like oh well maybe uh, she she didn't she wanted to kind of pursue it but she thought well that you know that's may be true, but that's that makes me really scared. Well, but I mean, there's an awful lot of people, too. You've been useless for drugs, and you've got people who are prescribing you know, a whole medley of things just to, to make people conform or behave or get them out of the you know the, the public eye or get their families off their backs or something else. And this is, you know, a, a, a horrible solution that's, I think, been oversold. And it's, if the drug companies knew what their involvement in the the interaction of of you know pharmaceuticals that shouldn't be prescribed together, but somebody's apparently doing it or in the wrong dosages. Um, somebody should take the hit for that, but it won't be the pharmaceutical company. Well, you also have a lot of people. I mean, I you know, especially as some people get older, some people just you know need a place to go or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not going to criticize because I don't know what, how somebody else feels. But how many people go to the doctor every month, and if they don't walk out with a pill, they think the doctor did nothing. For every illness, there is a pill. Then. Yeah, and for, all of a sudden, for every symptom, let me say, for every symptom, there's a pill. If you have multiple symptoms, you, you got to take enough pills to counteract the side effects of all those pills. Well, yeah, so and then you get a that battery of those too. You get in that slippery slope where 
taking this pill because I'm taking that pill, taking another pill. I'm like, eh. it, it's you know. But, you but know. We, we wonder why everything is so screwed up, up town, and why there's so many nutty people, and why mental health issues are so uh, untreatable right now. And I think we got to look closer to. Well, somehow the combination world. of um, we got to adapt the combination of the COVID stuff, just talking on phones. Nobody lives near family or friends. I mean, Audrey will talk about some house out in the middle of nowhere with like two guest rooms. I said, oh, I'll bet you, I'll bet you fifty bucks. We five years from now, we'll never have a guest stay in one of those rooms because nobody's coming out here. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Well, but. if you if you isolate people and take their, their livelihood away by vaccine mandates and everything else, don't be surprised if you get some kind of reaction. Yeah. Um. Hey, am I ever going to see you three day weekend this weekend? Oh, sure. Uh, oh, God. All right. S&P futures were up five. Nasdaq futures up 17. We're a two-day rally after the big sell-off. John, we'll talk at you. Uh, actually, uh, there's no show Monday because we're, we're, it's a President's Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so you get skunked on your show on Monday. We'll, get, we'll have you back some other day next week because uh, we have to cover for uh, for Lou, so maybe we'll do that. Oh, right. Uh, uh, no, actually, it's the week after we got to cover for Lou, but we'll figure it out. By the way, the story Lou was talking about today about Michael Schellenberger and Matt Tybee, is in the New York Post, but the paper that broke the Hunter Biden really? you know, laptop story too. So, well, you know, why don't you, or, day, why don't you or Lou, get, why don't you or Lou get Mac Tabby back on the show? He's one of the best interviews I've ever had. I thought he was great. Well, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that to listen to the people in the Democratic you know, House, you know, people that were interrogating him that called him a fake journalist. You know what? If if you tell the truth, you're going to piss off both sides. What are the, what are the guy the, the the dude who just uh, died? Uh, the guy who was the uh, is it Higgins, the guy, the guy who's the cartoonist? Oh, Jack Higgins. Yeah. What do you say? The my goal is to uh, <clears throat> afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Afflicted. <laughs> I thought what a great line. Uh, on that note, stocks and jocks tomorrow. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.